You need it, don't you, for what you go into most weeks. You need this. You need this refueling. You need a touch of heaven. And uh, you're in a good place tonight and God is moving in our midst. We've got world-class people here and I I love what God does. We've just completed, as of yesterday, our 21 days of prayer and fasting. I want to thank all the people that joined us and uh, gave up some things and made some sacrifices, came to some prayer meetings. We, uh, we had some uh, 6 a.m. prayer meetings here, which uh, was great to see uh, the function room often uh, just alive and vibey with people calling out to God. We covered a whole range of things over the life of the church. We prayed for marriages. We prayed for the kids. We prayed for the youth. prayed for our services. We prayed for presents. We prayed for your finances. We covered most things, which was really, really great. And uh, thank you for all of those that joined us. It was outstanding. And uh, as we heard before, night college is about to kick off and I just really want people to seriously consider what are you going to do with 2015 if there's something you want to do further for the Lord. Coming to our Bible college here on a Monday night is a great way to do that. And uh, Monday week, uh, Monday of next week, we have an info night at 7 o'clock. would love for you just to come and sit in that and uh, it's a great way to just further your relationship with the Lord. Uh, You can see Z afterwards or go to the info desk and find out more about that. Last Sunday night, we, uh, we had Pastor Phil in the house. Who was here to hear Pastor Phil? How good was that? I do want to let you know that I reckon it was one of the most incredible preachers I've ever heard from this pulpit. If you missed it, uh, you can go on to c3silverwater.com, front page, and you'll see Silverwater Podcast. You can click on that and you can listen to last week's uh, sermon, which was just outstanding. Great having our senior pastor and the boss and founder of C3 Church in our pulpit. And uh, he's coming back. Uh, He's here next month in March. And I've actually asked him. He's going to do a touch of presence service right here leading up to presence. So uh, look out for that. That's going to be outstanding as he comes and uh, just does a really uh, quick message. And then he's going to be praying for everyone, which is going to be really, really great. And uh, he last week mentioned a whole lot of things that uh, we're doing around the city and a lot of the extra services that are going out, particularly around the Oxford Falls campus. Well, we're also on the move at Silverwater and we're moving into Parramatta in about three months' time. Uh, we've got G and Millie are going to be helping us there in Parramatta. How exciting is that? So uh, we're already dreaming of what God's going to do and... Uh, I just think it's exciting. Our latest statistics believe that in the coming years, Parramatta will become a bigger business district than Adelaide. How exciting is that? And uh, we just know that God's, uh, God's going to move powerfully in that place, which is going to be really, really great. Well, tonight, uh, we complete uh, our series. Here tonight, we've had a three-week series called The Master Builder. And tonight, uh, the title of uh, the message is, He's world matters his world matters and i love this i love and it's so true that the world matters to god it doesn't matter because he created it and he sits back in heaven and just adores his beautiful creation and looks at all the uh the wonderful waves out there and the ocean and the waterfalls and the trees and he doesn't adore that and he's not that concerned about that he's concerned about one thing and that is the souls of people That is what matters to God. That is what matters to Him, is the souls of human beings. And do you know what? It matters to Him, and it needs to matter to us. We need to be concerned about the eternity of people around us. 
concerned about the eternity of people out there around the suburbs surrounding Silverwater. We need to be concerned about that because it's God's great heart and His desire to see people come to know Him. There's no doubt about it. And Pastor Phil mentioned it here last week that we have a vision for this city. We're declaring it's a city for Jesus Christ. We're dreaming of seeing 100,000 people meeting in our city in C3 churches every weekend. That's what we're looking forward to in the future. And if we can just scatter around this city and have uh, campuses and services all over the city, it is doable. Because the people out there need to know Jesus. They need an answer for life because I tell you what, people have been fed lies and they're fed, uh, fed false things and they're chasing things that are not fulfilling the gap because there is a void in every single life and there is only one thing that fills the void. It is relationship with Jesus Christ. That is the only thing that can fill that void and we're going to be determined to make sure the people of this city hear the clear message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he, the Son of God, came to this earth to die on a cross to take away their sins and the sins of the world. That is the message that we want to deliver. That is the task at hand. And I'll tell you what, we need a mighty army of people to make it happen. A mighty army to make it happen. Because God wants it and we want to go there. And I just know if we dream about the possibility with us as a mighty team and with God empowering us, all things are possible in Jesus' name. All things are possible. We can move in mighty ways. We can do mighty things for Him and for the glory of God because we want to shake this city with the power and love of Jesus Christ. That's what we want to do. I got really touched tonight because uh, we had, obviously, Dylan leading uh, worship here tonight and we had Amanda leading the service and just as we were coming, you know, during our prayer service this evening, it might have been at the end, I just saw Amanda kind of arrive with all of her kids. Now, she's the mother of six children. And I just thought back to, there was a season where Dylan and Amanda didn't know Jesus Christ. They were away from God. And now they're in God. And I'm just thinking, wow, what a difference. What a difference Jesus can make for a couple, and now not only them, but for their six children that every weekend of the year, their family is in the house of God. Their family carries hope for their future. And I just know that we as a church can deliver this message and we can see stories like that multiplied. Families like that coming into relationship with Jesus, having their whole worlds turned around as we go out. And that inspired me. That inspired me to keep going in my life, delivering this message to this world delivering the message of Jesus Christ. Because this life is but a vapour. We better make it count. I was looking at my watch uh, this afternoon and I noticed that it's the 22nd of February and uh, I did a bit of calculations and I'm thinking, add six months to the 22nd of August, which happens to be my birthday, and then I'm thinking, add 12 months on top of that and I turn 40. I like struggle to say 40. I'm like, 40? Are you kidding me? In 18 months, I am turning 40. And I'm just like, I've got to make it count. It's going a little bit quicker than what I was hoping it to go. 40, I feel like in myself and that, I'm like definitely in the 20s for sure. 
40 in 18 months to the day, and I turn 4-0. Double that, and I'm 80. Add another 40 onto that, and I'm no longer on this planet. It is going very, very fast, but I'm determined. If God can take an ordinary life like myself and use me some way to build his kingdom, I tell you what, let's all get on board because I will give my life to the cause of Jesus Christ. I, I will do it up to 40 plus 40, 80 plus about another 15. I reckon it's somewhere in the 90s I can make it. And I will keep going. I will keep going because I am convinced in my heart of hearts that this Bible delivers truth. I am convinced, I've been convinced since a very young man that this is truth. There's no doubt about it, that every soul on this planet one day will face their creator and one day they will be asked of them, do you know me? Are you in relationship with me? And I know for those that say yes, their eternity is secure and their eternity is good. But I know right now there are cars going past this building and they could not answer the right answer to the question. But they need to. Their eternity depends on it. And I'll give my life to furthering the gospel of Jesus Christ, to furthering the truth that is in the Word of God. I will do it. And I will do it. And I want to encourage us here tonight that the world does matter to God. Lives do matter. It was eight years ago that I was uh, pretty much, you know, uh, eight, summer of eight years ago, I was attending the Oxford Falls campus. My wife and I were uh, serving in youth over there. We would attend church Sunday nights at Oxford Falls. And uh, it was this summer and I was just like starting to feel a bit of an itch. I was just like, I was loving life, but I just felt like there was, there was something more I could give to God. Sundays we can... Uh, consist of me getting up, going for an early morning surf, coming back, having breakfast, getting Natalie and our little uh, six, seven-month-old daughter, Sienna, and going back to the beach and getting the Sunday paper, spending a few hours reading that, going back home, having lunch, spending the afternoon watching sport on TV, flicking through the paper again, then going to church. But I was just like, started to be like, I reckon we've got a little bit more in us than this. I think there's a little bit more that I could do, and Natalie, there's a little bit more we could do for the building of the kingdom of God. And I can remember clearly shouting out this statement to God. It was like, God, I want more of you and less of me. I want more of you and less of me. And that was the catalyst for a complete turnaround and change. Literally, within like three, four, five, six weeks of just declaring that from my heart, this door swung open for us to come out and help out at C3 Church Centre West. That's what this place used to be called, C3 Church Centre West. So pretty much the second week of February, eight years ago, we entered through these doors and we've never left. And we dived in. We were here like Sunday morning. We were here Sunday night. We were here for Wednesday night uh, meetings and prayer meetings. We were here sometimes on Friday night, sometimes on Saturday night, connecting we were in. I can remember prayer meetings in that first year. I lived on the northern beaches and 6 a.m. prayer meetings. We had to leave really early to get here. But I was determined just to jump in. And it made such a significant difference. And I am so blessed that we took that step in our lives. And it's been an absolute stunning journey. And I know God has been gathering world-class leaders and volunteers in this house because the work 
is not complete. There is so much more in all of us that we can do to further this good news. And you know what? We have to do it together. We have to do it together. I shared this story uh, Sunday morning about three weeks ago. I just recently spent a night down in Melbourne, my younger sister, Nadina. We've got great names in the families, don't we? I've got a Fergus, I've got a Winston, Hartley, I've got a Nadina. We've got some pretty interesting names. But I was at my sister's, uh, younger sister's house, Nadina. I was just there for one night and we're having a, a meal uh, for dinner this night and we're outside in her courtyard. And uh, I was there and her husband was there and their three adults were sitting at an adult's table. And just right next to that was like a mini table that her two kids were sitting at. She has a daughter, Kira, who's six, and uh, Lachlan, who's four. And while we were sitting there, it kind of came to the end of the mealtime, I kind of noticed that little uh, four-year-old Lachlan kind of ran into the house and uh, he was grabbing something. And I'm like, what's happening here? And my sister goes, oh, they're feeding the ants. And I'm like, huh? They're feeding the ants. She goes, yeah, yeah. So there's this crack underneath their table. And there's all these ants that live down there. And they love to go and like spread all this cheese out because they love seeing all the ants come up and grab the cheese and take it down into their crack. And I'm like, okay. When I see ants at my house, it goes very different to that. When I know there's ants and there's like a, a whole line of ants, which my little uh, five-year-old Jesse calls uh, a flood of ants. I have no idea where he got that one from. But he calls them a flood of ants. We know exactly what we do. It's straight into the cupboard. It's like one bottle, maybe two bottles. It's like shake up, shake up, shake up. And I'm literally on the run. Shh, shh. I'm going down. Shh, all the way to where they might have come from. I'm getting rid of the ants. I don't like ants that much. But... I didn't respond this way in my sister's house, it's her house, and I just kind of started to observe observe what was happening. So sure enough, her little four-year-old boy comes out and starts laying the cheese down. I think they got a few bits of sausage off their table, they put that down and they start watching the ants. Now, I have an iPhone, and about two or three weeks prior to that, I got my phone and uh, for the first time ever, I used the time-lapse. Anyone got an iPhone? Have you ever used time-lapse that goes and films everything and then it, uh, you watch the whole series uh, really, really quickly to see what's happening? Well, I had a bright idea. I thought, I'll go do a time-lapse of the ants. So would you like to see it? Let's have a look how ants respond to le- moving very large pieces of cheese compared to their bodies. Let's have a look at this. There they are, little ants, little ant flood, moving the cheese to their home. little suckers, they don't want to leave any cheese on the pavement. There goes another one. Another one. There we go. The ants in process at my sister's house. No pebo was used. But you see, and God spoke to me, they're pretty big bits of cheese compared to the size of their bodies. But when they work together, when they get on board... They can move the cheese. The ants were moving the cheese. And I know God has a big plan for this place. But I know if we would join together, if we would get together, we can move the cheese. 
We can go and do a mighty thing for God and the kingdom of God when we come together. And I tell you, we're going to do it. We're going to do it when we get on board, all of us, making a massive difference, making a massive difference to this world. Because, man, 100,000 people around the city, it's doable. It's going to take an army of people using all their gifts, using all their talents and saying, hey, I'm in. Count me in. I am going to help out. We need to make a difference. And I think it starts with just a, a heart for the lost. The people out there, they're a sheep without a shepherd. They are lost. They are lost. They may look like on the outside that they have things together, but deep down they are lost. Big houses don't fulfill. Flash cars don't fulfill. Perfect jobs don't fulfill. Christ fulfills. Christ fulfills. In Him, that is fulfillment. And if people don't have that, they're not really fulfilled. And we need to make sure that we get a heart, I believe, for lost people, get a heart for people far from Him. We need to live an unselfish life sometimes. People need to know they matter. They all matter to us and to God because people are so valuable to Him. God is so desperate to connect with them. In Exodus 34:14, it says, For you shall worship no other God, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. He wants people to have himself as number one. And I tell you what, he deserves it. God deserves number one place in our lives. His great priority is reconciling people to God through Christ. He sent his very own son, his one and only son, to die on a cross. John 3.16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him will not perish, will not perish but have everlasting life. That is God's heart, that he would give his very, very best. His very, very best. He so wants it. He so wants it. 2 Peter 3.9 The Lord is not slack concerning His promise as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He doesn't want people to perish. He wants people in Christ, in God, names written in the book of life, on their way to heaven, to celebrate in heaven, for eternity. That's where God wants people to go, not the other place to be in heaven. Let's be people who help populate heaven and plunder hell. Will you join me on that great mission? Populating high heaven and plundering hell. Let's do it. Let's make sure our life is a life that makes a difference, that we truly are light in the world. We can do it, but we've got to work on our life. That's why it's good to to be someone who studies the Word and is in prayer because it's an ongoing thing, isn't it, to get our life in a good place, to have our worlds, you know, in line with how God wants us to live and respond how God wants us to live. And it's, it's a daily thing. You never, ever get there and think, I'm done now. Put that aside. You know, I've read it once. It's done. It's not like a novel. It's like this Word is active. It's powerful powerful we need to make sure we keep devouring it and i need to do it as much as anyone we need this thing to help us to guide us to direct us to help us to live the life he wants i was doing a bit of a study on the life of joseph this week and uh 
It's a great story because there Joseph is. He goes through some pretty hard times, but there's some things Joseph stands really consistent in, in his attitude, particularly in his integrity. And he ends up being such a shining light, such to the degree, and he's so close to God, he's hearing from God and things, and he's able to interpret dreams. He pretty much saves the nation and he saves his own family from the seven years of the, uh, the Great Famine. Because he got a word from the Lord. And do you know what? We just need to live in a way where we're, we're living lives of integrity. That we're out there. We're truly lights in the world. And it's just something we've got to keep working on every single day. Be in the word. Be in prayer. Let God mold us into who he wants us to be. Because we all have talents. We all have giftings. And uh, I just think we have to use them for building the local church, to be out there in the world, spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, telling people about who God is. I mean, we read that in Matthew 25 about the parable of the ten, uh, talents. One guy got five, someone else got two, someone else got one. The one who got the five put them to good use and returned and doubled them, got them to ten. The parable says, well done, good and faithful servant. The other one, got two and turned him into four, did a good job too. Again, he hears, well done, good and faithful servant. But the last one had one and didn't get any return on that. And the response from the master was a very, very different response. And I want to be one of those that hears those words, well done, good and faithful servant. I want to use what God's got for me in my life. I want to make sure that all of us don't just you know, talk the talk, but we actually walk the walk. And that's really important too. And of course, being out there in the world telling people about Jesus is phenomenal. Taking every opportunity, but we also need to make sure we walk the walk. And that's when we, if we allow God to mold us, and we all make mistakes, just keep getting molded. We can really do that and do that well. Because we're not, not meant to just have faith by itself. We should have faith and we should match it with good works. Faith and match it. James 2 says this, 17 to 20. Now, someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this. And they tremble in terror. How foolish can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? And a few verses later in verse 26, just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. It's a mixture, isn't it? Having the faith, but having the works to go along with it. Faith must produce, it must be visible. Verbal faith is not enough. Mental faith is insufficient. Faith must be there and must inspire action. Our faith needs an outworking. This world matters, and our faith needs an outworking. And get yourself in a position. If you don't feel equipped, come to night college and get equipped. Get to a place. Get around people who are really good in their own lives, at going out there and truly living for God, and get around these people. Go to a connect group and get around people on fire for God, because it'll catch well, get on your life and you could truly be out there making a massive difference if you would live like this. Let your light shine to the world. Be someone who's truly out there. Make sure the fruits of the Spirit 
are dwelling up in your life, I think those nine fruits are a great benchmark just to keep, just seeing how you're going in life, how you're going in the area of love, faithfulness, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, gentleness, self, all those things. How are you going in all of those areas? They're great things to kind of measure up how you're going. Because if we get those going really well in our lives, my, people will see you. They'll be so attracted to you. They're going to be totally like, tell me what you have. Tell me what you have. Why did you respond like that? When everyone else in the office responded that way, you didn't. When this occurred, how come your response was different? How come your actions were different? That's the kind of difference that we can have when we're lights in the world. Lights in the workplace, lights at university, lights at school. We respond differently when the fruits of the Spirit are there, when the fruits of the Spirit is there. And then the, the key is to be in Christ. That's the key. That is the key, to be in Christ. We should have such a massive difference. I like eating. I may not look like it, but I like eating. And when I get to go to a good restaurant, you know, that kind of middle to, to upper kind of class restaurant, whenever I go to one of those restaurants, I have a desire in my heart of hearts when I'm in those places. I want to try and select a meal and eat a meal where I'm literally eating it and I'm like, this thing is so good. This is a flavor bomb. This is so incredible that I can't produce this in my own house. That's what I want from a restaurant because I'm... I I can make my way around the kitchen all right, believe it or not. I can cook all right. But I want to go to, if I'm paying good money at a restaurant, I want want flavor bombs. I want like mouth dropping like this is unbelievable. I, I, I can't produce these flavors that are in this meal. That's what I want. I remember once we were in Florence and we sat down in this little restaurant. I remember my wife uh, ordered this dish, this gnocchi dish, and uh, she took one mouthful and she just like, <gasps> she was like, I'm like, what's it all right? She goes, this is unbelievable. It was like the nicest meal I think we've ever had on the planet just about. And I'm like, that's how we should be to people in the community, to people in the world. Their contact with us should be like, you've got something that no motivation book can lead me to that, no education can lead me to that, no upbringing can lead me to that. I can't get what you've got. Tell me the secret. Tell me about why you are who you are. That's how we should be in the world. We should have that much impact when we connect and meet other people. That should be us. Our light shining so that people would praise our Father in heaven. That's what we need. And that's not an easy thing, but I tell you what, in Christ, when you're connected to the vine, you can do it, like the Bible says in John. Abide in Him and Him in you, and you will bear much fruit. That is bearing fruit, living a life like that. In Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit upon us. Acts 1.8, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, And you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Be my witnesses. Mark Kelsey says this, the level of presence on you is the level of impact on others. I love that saying. The level of presence on you is the level of impact on others. 2 Corinthians 5.20, so we are Christ's ambassadors God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. We're his ambassadors. 
There's a big call on our lives. Do you know what? We can all do it. If we just use our gifts and our talents, we can so do it. We can so do it. Be out there using what God's given us. And I just love the teamwork around this place. I mean, right now we're, uh, we're renovating a space straight through this war. We want a new space for our youth. There are, they're, they're just exploding up in the SG room. Doreen and his team are doing a sensational job. Can we just give it up for all the youth guys? Come on, come on. And uh, there we are providing a place, a new space for people to come and experience God. And it's a better space for the youth and it's safer. And there's all these benefits. But I'm just astounded at the people who put up their hand and say, hey, I'm going to come and help. We've had guys dropping in lights, doing all the electrical work, people helping us out with the air conditioning, people coming in and sacrificing time to paint, people coming in and, and cleaning the floor up and people moving stuff. And the list goes on and on. People who are just saying, count me in. Count me in. What do you need doing? Where can I help? And I'll tell you what, what an exciting thing to set up a place. It's like going to be an altar for people to come and, and meet Jesus people using their skills and their talents to prepare a place and I love that and I love it I love it because I know those people are setting up something that'll make such a difference for people and sometimes it's about denying yourself it's not all about us we have to remember that sometimes we're putting others first we're putting aside some things that we might want to do and say no I'll, I'll put this first I'll put this first and as I look around the room there's people all over the place who who live that kind of lives of just like, Jesus, you're first. Jesus, you're number one. Jesus, you have it all. Singing that song tonight, Jesus at the center, I just, I, I had to fall to my knees. It was like, I just have to make sure that that just keeps occurring in my own life, that that is the key to just putting him right in the center because things love to creep in. But Jesus at the center is where he needs to be where he needs to be. I love being a part of this place. And we see so many great testimonies. I mean, there are hundreds of stories. Here's a few of them, recent stories. A lot of these are pretty much out of the care center. Uh, this is the kind of impact we're having. When we're talking about the world matters, it matters to God. Us as a family, as C3 Church Silverwater, this is the kind of difference we are making. One man hadn't eaten for three days before he came in. He received help from the food bank, our free food. He came along the church and made a decision for Christ. Another gentleman had received a food parcel several months prior. Before one day appearing in the care centre service, he received a warm meal, a new jacket and shoes. He listened to the message and responded at the altar call. He later told us that he had two choices when he woke up that day. The first was to throw himself in front of a train. It was a thought that had consumed him for several weeks. The second was to walk to that church that gave me food that time. He is now a very different person. Another lady attended the care center when she felt when she left an abusive relationship. She experienced total acceptance and a couple of weeks later received Christ. She teared up when she asked what C3 meant to her. She now serves each week, running the kitchen in the care center. She's been water baptized and now picks up others to bring them to the essentials course. Another lady was suicidal when she first received help from C3. She received such a miracle breakthrough, answered a prayer that she received Christ the next week. She now tells many others about Jesus and what he has done for her. 
She serves every week in the care centre, attends a connect group there, and she recently testified, I'm glad Carly, that's Carly Lewis, bring me to Jesus. Without him, I would not be in this world. And how's this one? Just a few weeks ago, another lady attended the C3 Cares Christmas lunch. Then she came back several weeks later when we relaunched in January. She, uh, she had been at a wit's end because of her severe form of autism as a young boy. He was breaking windows and TVs in her house and she couldn't leave him alone ever. She came one Thursday. Some team prayed for her son a couple of weeks ago. She received a miracle answer to prayer. He went home that night. She said he woke up a different person. She said, I can't believe it. My son, my son. She came running in the next Thursday. She was in tears as she told us how completely he had been changed. And he's now even back at school. Can we give the Lord a round of applause? How good is that? Making a difference in the world. Because these lives, they matter. And what a great thing to have in our lives is purpose. Each and every one of us needs to have purpose on life. We need to have purpose. We're built to have purpose. God wants us to have purpose. And I tell you what, building the house of God, furthering the kingdom of heaven out there in the community, in the workplace, at your place of study, that is a life on purpose. That is making a difference. And if we can do that, I tell you what, you will find it so fulfilling. You might think, I haven't got any more time in my world. I tell you what, when you start serving the Lord, there is a grace that comes upon your life. I tell you what, you can do it. You can start living at a new level, a new capacity in your life as you start building the house of God because every life is valuable to God, every single life. Let's focus on Him. And I love God as you start doing this, like we read in Matthew. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. That's him. He'll look after you. He will look after you. God will honor you. You will never miss out. Rick Warren, a famous uh, author of The Purpose Driven Life, sold over 30 million copies around the world, says, God's purpose is far greater than our own fulfillment, our own peace of mind, our own happiness, our own family, our new car, our job or our wildest dreams. God's purpose, to partner with God. Is there a greater cause? Is there a greater cause? And it's an ongoing process that all of us can jump on board. Sometimes it's just a matter of saying, me, Lord, count me in. Count me in. I want to make a difference. You say that and I believe God will swing open doors. There'll be opportunities all over the place. Maybe even here tonight, for things that you know you need to do. There might just even be a phone call tonight. There might be someone out there tonight who needs to hear your voice, who needs to hear some encouragement from your mouth. might be a text message. might be someone tomorrow you can go out of your way at work and buy them a coffee and say, look, I want to buy you this. Let's be true lights in the world, making a significant difference over people's worlds. Because people need to find out about him. We are a light in this world. There's no doubt about it. I love this version in the message, Matthew 5, 14 to 16. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. 
if I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a basket, do you? Or a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. Be opening up to others. You'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Light of the world. Light of the world. Light of the world. Because we're living in a world and they are desperate for this message of Jesus Christ. Things are changing in our city. We obviously had that terrible siege in our own city in December. Two days before that siege, I was in my car traveling to our Saturday night Padstow service. And I was traveling just straight down Stillwater Road goes and then it kind of does a little deviation and heading down through kind of that Lidcombe area. And as I was driving down there, I, uh, I came across some form of protest, some form of march. I don't know uh, what it was in regards to, but I do know, number one, there was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people on the main road with megaphones declaring something. I didn't get to hear. I don't even think they might have been speaking in English, but I do know that there was hundreds and hundreds of people marching. And I'm clear that they were not marching for the cause of Jesus Christ. And as they marched, adults, male and female and young children, most of the women completely covered, holding up signs, black signs with white writing, and I do not know what they say. But I do know when I saw a sign being held in a window of Martin Place, oh, how they looked very familiar. Oh, how they looked very familiar. And I tell you, we need to get our message out because ours is the message of life. Ours is the message of truth. Ours is the message of a loving God, a loving God who loves people and wants people in this world to receive him so they can have eternal life. And we need to be determined to get that message out, to get the message out. Mother Teresa says this, let no one ever come to you without leaving better and happier. Be the living expression of God's kindness, kindness in your face, kindness in your eyes, kindness in your smile. Dutch Sheets, a famous American author, says our greatest legacy will be those who live eternally because of our efforts. Eternally because of our efforts. And Jesus led in such a wonderful way. As the band comes now, he led in such a wonderful way in his own community, directing people to eternal life all the time. He said this to the Samaritan woman at the well, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst again. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. He delivered that message and we can deliver the exact same message to people through him, this living water, this direction to eternal life. And there is a battle for souls out there. There is warfare. The devil wants to keep people in the kingdom of darkness. We want to bring them into the kingdom of light. We want to bring them unto him. And we can do it. Can I say, don't wait for perfect circumstances. My desire is that even on this night, you will say, God, I'm in. God, this world matters to you. Make it matter to me. May I use what you've given me, my skills, my talents, some time, some energy, some finances to further this message, to further this message. 
And I end on this scripture. I love this, this verse. It comes out of Acts 20, 24. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. The wonderful grace of God for people who need it. For people who need it. Oh, may we live out our lives doing that day after day after day. We just bow our heads right, right here, right now. I believe that God has spoken here tonight to many of you. And for many of you, I believe you could say, even afresh tonight, God, I want you to use me. I want you to use me. I want to be part. I want to be part of furthering your message to this world. I want to be part of that. I want to be part of that. Just while everyone's got their heads bowed and eyes shut, if you're just one of those people here tonight and you're just saying, yeah, I want to be part of that, furthering this message, could you just raise your hand? I just love to see. Thank you. I see those hands everywhere. This is just a sign in your heart before God, just saying, yep, I want to be part of furthering this gospel. I want to be part of sending this message clearly into a world that needs it. So many hands. Wonderful statement. Thank you. I see all of those hands. Wonderful. Just in a little bit, I'm going to declare a prayer over all of us here tonight, including all of you. There's one other response I would like to offer here tonight, and it is a response... If you're here tonight and Jesus is not at the center of your life, just in a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand really boldly and I'm going to say a prayer with you. It's a quick prayer. It's a 30-second prayer. It pretty much says, God, forgive me of my sins. I'm returning to you. I'm putting you center. I'm putting you in the middle of my life. And this is the greatest prayer you can ever ever say. This is a prayer that guarantees you eternal life. And this is a prayer that washes away your sins. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned and there's only one way to receive eternal life and it is through receiving Jesus Christ into your life. You don't get there by being a good person. Nowhere in the Word of God does it say being a good person gets you into heaven go to church, nowhere in the Bible does it say going to church will actually get you to heaven. You might say, I believe in God. 70% of Australians say they believe in God. But it is through a relationship with Jesus Christ, putting Him at the center. So right now, with just those eyes shut, those heads bowed, if you know in your heart of hearts that here tonight, He is not center, He is not number one, and you would like to say this prayer, maybe for the first time, Maybe because you're returning to Him. Right now, across this auditorium, would you raise your hand boldly and say, Hartley, that is me. I'm putting Him at the centre here tonight. I'm making Him number one in my life. Thank you, my friend. I see that hand. Who else is there here tonight? You can put that hand down. Thank you. Who else? Thank you. 
up the back there. Who else is saying, tonight is my night. I am putting him number one. I'm making him central, number one in my life. Is there anyone else? Two brave people have responded here. Who else is there here tonight? You've slipped away and you want to come back or you've never said this prayer and you want to get him number one in your life. Is there anyone else here tonight? Wonderful. Fantastic. Can we all just look up this way? We had two wonderful friends just respond. And what I'd love to do, I'm going to come down off this stage and I would love for you, we're all going to stand up just to come out of your seat and we're going to say this prayer together. Would you do that for me? It's bold, but it's the best thing you can do is make this public declaration. Let's stand to our feet. My friends are just going to come out of their seats. Let's say this prayer together. This is fantastic. Wonderful, wonderful. Come on, let's give God a round of applause. This is beautiful. What a special moment. What a special moment. You know, the Bible says that heaven rejoices when even one repents and comes to God. There's two here tonight. I think there is a party going on in heaven. So right now, we're just gonna, I'm going to say a prayer. And all I'm going to get you to do is to repeat this prayer. Repeat this prayer. This is putting Jesus center. This is putting him number one. It's the greatest thing you can ever do in life. So would you repeat this prayer? Dear God in heaven, forgive me for my sins. Wash me clean tonight. I say you are number one in my life. I turn towards you. I serve you. I will love you. I will follow you all the days of my life. Tonight I receive you as my Lord and my Saviour. I renounce the devil. Tonight I am yours. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm just going to pray for you all here tonight. Father God, oh, how precious this life is to you, God. Thank you, Lord, that you sent Jesus to tie a cross for this young lady. Thank you, Lord, that tonight is a defining moment in her life. Her boldness to raise her hands, her boldness to declare this prayer is where a new life begins. A new life begins. A fresh start. A fresh start here tonight. I thank you, Lord, your hand is upon her. You would bless her. You would bless her, Lord God. The most significant wonderful life, God. I thank you, Lord God, that the purpose comes into her life tonight. Tonight, there is a new purpose, a new purpose. Thank you, Lord. I pray for my friends here, our beautiful guests. I thank you, Lord God, that tonight was no accident that they were here in Silverwater in this house. I thank you, Lord God, that this is significant. Father God, tonight they receive, they receive what they need for their future in you. I thank you, Lord, your Holy Spirit touches them. They go home and they're never the same again. I thank you, Lord, for new hope on their life. Thank you, Lord, Father God, declare peace into their situation right now.
you a Bible and have a little chat to you. Can we just give these guys a huge round of applause? Thank you so much. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's praise God. That's what it's about, people responding to the message of Jesus Christ, having their lives saved out of darkness into light. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can we just all just close our eyes right now? Got to say a prayer before we finish with a song. Oh, Lord. Oh, we just thank you that you have been here tonight. Thank you you've touched lives. And we pray right now.